Chapter 16. Later that night, I woke up again. The clock on the wall read 1037. As many lights as possible had turned off, had been turned off, but in a hospital room, you're never fully in the dark. I sat up in bed, my eyes taking their time to adjust to the maple syrup glow of the room. Monitors displayed eerie blue numbers and green LEDs blipped on and off and on again. The whirs and sighs and beeps of the machine sounded like robots talking in their sleep. I couldn't believe the day wasn't over yet. It, se it seemed like I had been up forever. I probably should have rolled over and tried to go back to sleep. But I was starving. Pretending to fall asleep had actually put me to sleep before Pappy could score me some grub. I'd barely eaten all day. Sometimes, when I get hungry enough, I daydream about just reaching into another universe and yoinking someone's chicken nuggets. Mmm, chicken nuggets. But it wouldn't work. Mammy Morta's meal had disappeared right out of my padre's stomachs because she had brought her own groceries with her from wherever she'd come from. In the same way, any food I swiped from a different universe would eventually vanish and leave me hungry all over again. Every time a hole closed, it took with it everything that had come through it. Nuggets, Cuban feasts, formerly dead mammies, everything. And if a hole didn't close, well, they usually closed eventually. No need to dwell on that. The point was, I needed grub. Pronto. I could have woken the padres, but Pappy and American stepmom were snoring a restful duet in chairs at the foot of my bed. They'd had a long day, too. <clears throat> I could handle this. I had a few bucks in my pocket, and I knew exactly where the closest vending machine was. I could be in and out before my parents snored a dozen times. If you're wondering how I knew where the closest vending machine was, it's because I became a volunteer magician for the patients in the hospital within a week of our moving to Miami. When you're a magician, volunteering to perform at hospitals is a no-brainer. It gives me tons of practice, especially with close-up magic, which is the toughest kind, and also my favorite. A place to try out new tricks, and the most appreciative audience in the world. Good people with rotten luck who are desperate for a little fun. Plus, I have type 1 diabetes. Making friends with my local hospital is just smart. A nurse must have taken out the IV after I'd fallen asleep again. All that was left in the crook of my elbow was a cotton ball under a bandage. Nothing to stop me from foraging for some meats. So gingerly, ninjily, I put my sock silent feet on the floor one at a time, soft-footed it over to the door and slipped through. Hospital hallways are really bright. White walls, white ceiling, fluorescent lights, whiter than white, and a white polished floor reflecting all that whiteness back up again. For a second, I worried I was starting to pass out again. I'd have to get past the nurse's station right after the elevators because, well, all the nurses knew me, and they would probably try to make me eat something some healthy cacaseca that tasted like pencil shavings, or they'd stick another IV in my arm. And I was done with holes in my skin for the night. As soon as I was past the elevators, I got down on all fours and started to crawl. Two nurses were working at the station, Ortiz and Calambe. I knew them. They were all right. They were keeping themselves awake during the graveyard shift with high-speed Cuban gossip. It flew out of their mouths so fast I couldn't follow it, but it must have been really juicy because they were laughing and having a good time. I'd been hoping they'd be sleepier or out on rounds. I snuck over to the desk, pressed my back against it, and waited for an idea to come. I didn't have a lot of props for magic tricks with me. My vest was back in my room, so I checked my cargo pants pockets to see what I had to work with. Spare change, scarves, foam balls, poppers, six pairs of handcuffs from earlier, a finger guillotine, a deck of cards. Aha! This could work. A handheld alert siren was supposed to set off if I needed help. 
it was totally impractical in real life. It's much faster to just yell help, but insurance had covered it, so I could find a use for it, sure. Like, say, distracting nurses. Practice makes perfect. I silently went through the motions three times of how I was going to pull this off. One, turn on siren. Two, chuck it down the side hallway. Three, run the other way, wet cat feet, fast. I took a deep breath, pumped myself up. Then I set off the siren and threw it. Que eso, said Calembe, who did that Cuban thing of smashing all the syllables in a sentence into one word. She made what is that sound exactly like cheese in Spanish. Alarma? asked Ortiz. Then she got up and added extraño, probably because my siren didn't sound like any of the noises the hospital usually made. Believe me, with the amount of time I spend, spent in hospitals, I knew them all. A few seconds later, they both walked down the side hallway to investigate. I immediately crawled, galloped past the station and out of sight. I couldn't help but think that sometimes these things were just too easy. What in the name of bad ideas do you think you're doing, Chaculembele? Busted. Whenever I'm doing a magic trick, there's always one person I can't fool. One kid in the pediatric sword who will always spot me palming a coin. One judge at the talent show will always know exactly where to look. At Kuleko, that person was clearly going to be Gabby. And among the hospital staff, that person was Nurse Dulce Sotolongo. I rose slowly, putting my hands on top of my head. I give up. Don't shoot. She laughed as she walked up, grabbed my left wrist, and dragged me over to the hand sanitizer dispenser on the wall. Do you know how many germs there are on the floor of a hospital? Like six, I said. Oh, wait, that's way too low. Nineteen. Ha ha, she said, right before she snorted. She seemed too young to be a nurse. She looked like she looked a lot like Mommy Martha does in her wedding photo. Curvy, happy, black hair, crashing like a waterfall over her shoulders. Maybe that's why we'd had his this brother-sister mess with me, I'll mess with you thing going from the moment we'd met. Do I dare ask que en el nombre de la alfombra you're doing on the floor, she asked. She added, with Nurse Sotolongo, honesty was the best policy, usually. I need food, I said. You didn't take your IV out just so you could get some Skittles, did you? She asked, eyebrows raised. I shook my head and crossed my heart. She gave me kakaseka eyes, but I could see she was running through options in her mind. Suddenly, an idea made her smile. You like parties? I do, in fact, but I had a different question. Isn't it a little late for a party in a hospital? Not for this family. They get whatever they want. Follow me. She led me past the waiting room, around the corner, down another long hallway, past another bank of elevators. As we approached an the other waiting room on this floor, I heard a bunch of voices. Spanish and English, all ages, everyone talking, laughing and talking at the same time. Pappy calls that many Cubans partying together a galinero, a chicken coop's worth of noisy, cheerful clucking. It stopped me in my tracks. That much joy coming from a hospital waiting room is unusual. This is the best family, Nurse Sotolongo said over her shoulder. They'll probably adopt you before the night is over. Come on. She entered the waiting room, and I, after taking a deep breath, walked in behind her. Seven people stood up from their chairs and cheered as we entered. I mean cheered. They made me jump. Before we could do anything, a woman exactly old enough to be Nurse Sotolongo's mammy swooped over to a table filled with huge aluminum trays of Cuban pork, rice, beans, yucca, plantains, and a jumbo plastic bowl overflowing with packaged salad. In two seconds, she had piled the paper plate so full, I was sure it would collapse. She placed that plate in Nurse Sotolongo's hands and smeared a niña buena 
kiss all over her cheek. Good, you're back, said the Cuban mother. Now you can eat. Poor Nurse Sotolongo knew that look on her. I knew that look on her face all too well. She wasn't hungry. My guess was that she had been at this party earlier and, and had been forced to, to python down enough food for three days. To a Cuban mother, it doesn't matter that you have eaten. That was then. Nurse Sotolongo had to eat now or risk breaking the sweet mommy's heart. Sal to the rescue. Hi, I said to the Cuban mother and stuck out my hand. My name is Sal. Nurse Sotolongo said you wouldn't mind if I joined your party. Gosh, everything smells so good. I love Cuban food, and boy, am I starving. I had said the magic word, starving. Say that to a Cuban mother sometime, I dare you. To the Cuban mother, the Cuban mother almost fainted. Po, pre, si, to, she said, and literally took the plate out of Nurse Sotolongo's hands and placed it in mine. Hey, said Nurse Sotolongo, suddenly jealous. Cuban mother touched her face. You don't mind, do you, mi niña? I'll go make you another plate right now. Double the size of the last one. No, no, said Nurse Sotolongo. I, I, I'm being paged. She wasn't, but she grabbed her pager and shook it herself as if it were buzzing. See, I have to go. Oh, okay. But come back soon? We're going to cut the cake the second La Jefa gets back. She's just finishing up her homework in the cafeteria. She's, she's heading up right now. I will, Nurse Sotolongo lied. She made mean eyes at me that meant cover for me or else. Then she turned back to Cuban mom and asked her, You'll watch over Chacumbele here? Like he was my own, and she meant it. Nurse Sotolongo had been right. Cuban mom was ready to adopt me on the spot. Nurse Sotolongo left, and the Cuban mother introduced me to the room. Everybody, we have a new guest. This is Sal. Hi, Sal, said six adults at once. I raised my plate to them in greeting. And then from behind me, a shocked girl's voice asked, Sal, what are you doing here? I looked over my shoulder to see the person the Cuban mother had called La Jefa standing in the doorway with her mouth open. La Jefa couldn't believe that I was there. La Jefa was Gabby Real. There was no point in saying, huh, or what, or what's going on when impossible things happen. It's better to just play along. So I smiled over my mountain of food and replied, hi, Gabby, came to wish your brother a happy birthday.